Hello, everyone. I'm Colin Tesla of Rosalind.com, joined by John Clark tonight to talk about WWE Monday Night Raw right off the heels of SummerSlam at the end of uh, a wild weekend jam-packed full of wrestling. John, Sam Punk is back. Raw is actually good. The world is turning upside down. Who even knows what's going on anymore? How you doing? Good. Um, I am in loss. I have my souvenir cup here, and I have my... You you be glitching out a little bit. You have your program from SummerSlam. Yeah, I'm doing good. Yeah, John was uh, at SummerSlam. Was always our boots on the ground, and we of course we appreciate uh, him taking his time here uh, to talk about Raw with us. Of course, we will talk about SummerSlam as well. At least on the Raw side of things, there's definitely a lot to a lot to talk about on that kind of on that end, and, and I guess. Uh, might as well start there with Bobby Lashley, WWE Champion, starting the show tonight on Raw. He defeated Goldberg at SummerSlam. Of course, there was some some concern that uh, he might be, you know, in, in in danger of losing to Goldberg at SummerSlam, but uh, didn't necessarily beat him. I mean, Goldberg was kind of unable to continue there at SummerSlam, and Lashley attacked Gage, Goldberg's son, after the match there. Um, lost John for a second, and have him back in here. Um, and Goldberg. Uh, yeah, he was able to continue, so then Gage got beat down, and uh, last year, and MVP were talking about that tonight, and basically they're, they're called Goldberg Coward, they're Gage Coward, uh, and Damian Prince, the new, the new United States champion, came out and they got to the last slate of the match. So I guess I'll pop there and, and ask, you know, John, what, what do you think about Lashley defeat? I guess somewhat defeating Goldberg, attacking Gage, and then uh, on, I guess on the flip side, Priest winning the U.S. title and uh, stopping up to Lashley here. I mean, I thought it was pretty crazy. Um, did it make sense to you? In terms of, like, something up to him? Yeah, like, to me, it was kind of like, I guess I wasn't expecting that. I really didn't really what to expect. I mean, we kind of knew Goldberg was going to be, like, gone. But at the same time, it was like, who would be next? And I just thought fresh off of a U.S. title when it wasn't going to be him. But it was. Yeah, I um, yeah, I, um... You know, to me, that makes a lot of sense, you know, because, yeah, when you have champion versus champion matches, like, it, it's weird to have, uh, you know, the, the new champion kind of in that spot and that you kind of expect to see them. Um, I don't know, you know, the book last so strong, like, it's it's hard in, in the sense that, like, you, you almost set up this situation where, like, nobody could kind of convincingly be in that spot. And I will say, like, when Priest came out, I was surprised in that sense. Uh, it, it did seem weird that that uh, you know they they put him in that spot because in in theory, you know, like if like a match he would lose, and then you know that was my first reaction, and then I was like, oh no, they'll probably do a wonky finish or the classic Teddy Long tag team match, uh, and, and that's what they wound up doing. And I will say they really did a, 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 at least I thought a nice job uh, positioning Damian Priest as a leg legitimate threat uh, to Lashley here. Well, granted, he, he didn't beat Lashley. Sheamus came in and uh, you know attacked him to set up a tag team match when Drew McIntyre made a save. Uh, Lashley eventually abandoned Sheamus, and uh, McIntyre got the pin. Some people, myself included, had a, a brief fear that they it seemed like they're going for McIntyre versus Lashley again. I don't think that's necessarily where we're going, but what do you think of this tag team match? I thought this was, thought this was a really fun tag team match, and then Damian Priest kind of standing tall in a way and emerging as a somewhat strong contender for the for the WWE title, wouldn't you say? I mean, were you I mean were you expecting in the in the? 
Was I expecting priest? Yeah, I mean, you, I mean, it, it kind of sounds like we're talking, we're talking. Like, do you possibly expect the man to win the match? I mean, I didn't expect. Like I said, I didn't expect Priest to be in that spot to begin with, and then you know the fact that that Drew came out and Drew got the Drew got the pin. I guess that's not all that surprising in the sense that it's not like. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. That seemed like it would make a little more sense to have Priest get the pin there. Well, Drew, Drew comes out and we're thinking, we're thinking, oh god, you know, Drew, I mean, Drew can't have another can't have another match because because stipulation stipulation. So Drew, so Drew can't be next in line, and now it appears that Sheamus is him and him and is Sheamus a famous? Now? Like, what do we got here? Yeah, it does seem like. Uh, well, we do know that Sheamus will face Lashley next week. You know that they did announce that it's a non-title match. Um, so, you know, it feels like that's a possibility. You know, I'm not sure. There, we could talk about it through the, for the majority of the show. But there, there are a couple matches here where, you know, they we've got Lashley versus Sheamus next week. And then we'll talk about Miz and Morrison. And we'll be facing off next week. A couple matches that feel like they could be pay-per-view matches. Those, those are going to be happening next week. And we could see some shenanigans next week, you know, and kind of stretch it out to the pay-per-view, I guess, roughly a month until the next pay-per-view. So, um, you know, I, I think Lashley Sheamus would be a good option. I think that'd be a very good match. Um, and I, I'd like to see that. But um, I don't know. Like, we, we were talking about it otherwise, you know, even before SummerSlam, it's like who would be next beyond Goldberg? Uh, Priest makes some sense. And as a champion, you don't want to kind of put him in a, in a position to lose. Um Seamus will make some sense. I think I think it'll be fun in the sense that it's not this like kind of typical uh you know good guy, bad guy situation where I think they're both kind of in this gray area. Lashley got cheered after kind of beating Goldberg, beating him down after the match for the fans, especially live in attendance, seemed to uh like that. And they even cheered him when they when he beat up Gage. And I'm sure you could speak to the reaction there. But you know, now Lashley isn't as much this kind of clear-cut heel. Um, whereas Seamus, I mean, kind of is, but then in a more traditional sense. Lashley abandoned Seamus later. There's kind of this kind of gray area. So I, I could see Seamus as maybe a, a transitional option here, but I'm not sure uh, who who might be an option otherwise. What what do you think? Well, I certainly think that Seamus Seamus is a term possibility possibility for exposures. But at the same time, um, I mean, I, I mean, I, and I'm very happy to see Lesnar back. But at the same time, I was like. Uh, if it's gonna come back, they back. They could have set up with, with Lashley. Lashley. Now, granted, they still can. I mean, if they do go with her, Lesnar, Reigns, Reigns at, at, they could still could still do Lashley and Lesnar at Survivor Series. But as a as a transitional feud, I was kind of expecting. I, I didn't know what to. I didn't know what, but I was certainly expecting expecting an established base. Yeah, you know, I I think that makes sense, and. um yeah, it's funny, you know, with SummerSlam, we're doing, we're on the Raw show, but of course, it's hard not to talk about SummerSlam without the fact that that Brock came back, that Becky Lynch came back, you know, two of the very top stars of the company came back. They're both on SmackDown. Raw didn't like get anything out of that, right? Raw, you know, didn't get any kind of injection of energy. Even we talked about this last month when John Cena came back. Granted, he popped up on Raw, I think that first week, uh, but and then that was it. You know, we haven't seen any of this kind of. Um, even kind of this, like, uh, I guess sh- short term boost, I'll say, of, you know, Edge is on SmackDown, Seamus on SmackDown. Now Brock is, is back, likely to challenge Roman. Uh, Becky Lynch is back on SmackDown now. Um, 
And so Raw, yeah, and granted, you know, I will, will preface that by saying I thought Raw was very good tonight. So in a way, like, not to say they didn't need it, but I guess they've kind of, uh, they kept rolling and they're finding other ways to, you know, to put on a good show. I mean, again, for me, I I was very pleasantly surprised with the overall quality for Raw tonight. And I thought it was fun. There are some weird things. We'll talk about it. But between, I thought this tight match was a lot of fun. Like I said, Lashley versus Sheamus could be a pretty good match. If that, I mean, who even knows if that will be at the pay per view? But um, even just for next week, I think that'll be good. And we, of course, we will talk about Miz and Morrison. That was another big thing tonight. Uh, but I don't want to. Uh, well, I like to kind of balance out here. So I, I like the side team match. Something I did not like whatsoever. Carrion Cross coming out looking absolutely ridiculous uh dan greyhousing had suspenders like the bushwhackers there there's the bushwhackers comparisons demolition a whole bunch of other you know wacky uh, associations there i don't, don't want to get too far into the weeds there but my gosh john they have a guy that, that lost the next nxt title last night and they didn't even mention that and that's fine that's a prerogative right if they want to like separate the brands there uh and not have mentioned nxt I don't care for that mentality. I like to get the shared universe aspect, but that's up to them. But still, that was a little, little irritating that they even mentioned that, uh, that, that he lost the title last night. Then he comes out, he's got this mask, he's got suspenders, this like, oh, it was like so weird. And granted, like in the ring, he, 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 he looked good. He, he squashed Ricochet. Granted, Ricochet deserves so much better than that. But I think myself and a lot of the wrestling world, the people that are watching, couldn't get past this this wacky, ridiculous gear. Um, how in the world have we gone from Karen Cross, the badass we saw on NXT, to whatever the in the world this is? Even the comments here, Anushka saying she didn't like uh, Cross's new gear, uh, and again that that Bushwhacker comparison. This is just beyond the pale. What what do you think about this, John? I don't think it's the end. It's the end of the world. I mean, I think, I think so. People are asking where it's at. We at. We believe Scarlet cleared, which cleared, which even though she's not actually wrestling, I guess you still have to be cleared to go to the ringside. I don't know what's going on with there. But, but nevertheless, the fact the gear gear was. I mean, the mask was. I mean, the mask was pushing it. The gear itself would have been okay. Been okay with us, but at the same time, at the same time, it's like. And the positive I just is, 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 and obviously this is going to hurt Ricochet. I know people are going to be upset about this, but dominant induction, didn't he? Yeah. You know, um, to me, that, that's another thing as well. Uh, we talked about it. Bill, Bill and I were talking about it a little on the NXT show last night where it's like, if the, if the reports are saying that uh, Scarlet's not cleared, um, that's a shame because I, 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 I will argue Tom Blue in the face. I think Cross is so much better with her. Uh, so if that is the case that it's a medical thing or or something of you know just of, of a clearance kind of issue, um, I, I hope this will be cleared soon. I've seen other ideas that you know maybe she maybe maybe they want to kind of present her as an individual act. Again, it's their prerogative. I think they're great together, and I think you know maybe even more so than what we saw in NXT. I think that I don't think it needs to be all or nothing. I think you could have Scarlet as an individual individual act. And as the the manager, the you know the you know uh, complimentary piece to Karen Cross there, um, so I'm I'm still not really sure. I, I haven't seen anything. I haven't seen many reports about it, let alone anything official about it. So I really don't know. I don't want to spike on it too too much. Um, but uh, if it is a, a clearance issue again, I, I I hope that she gets. Uh, 
cleared soon and and, and that you know what, whatever the plan might be for that that they do right by her because i think even you know as an individual she's very very talented so you know of course as soon as we know more the fact that we already uh, uh go through this sort of this little change in character maybe that scarlet isn't a part of part of the i guess you would call it the act moving forward but I mean, something different. Something different playing, but to me, with this with this new thing, technically the technically the thing we've seen cross do cross do kind of like a kind of like a plain James when he first came to Raw, and like like officially on Raw, he's kind of like new gimmick. You know what you know what you would call it. But it, the only thing that's really about it is the thought. It is the fact that he's dressed differently. I mean, the entrance is different. Is different, but his entrance at Takeover really worth the one he did the one Raw the past couple weeks. Couple weeks. Right. I mean, it feels like. It's been more of a hybrid of uh, what we've seen. What we've seen the the last couple weeks for him on NXT has been basically what we've been doing on Raw. Like he hasn't had Scarlet. He hasn't really been doing as much of the the same character. Granted, we've seen more character on NXT because he's there. He was the champion. He was the main event player on Raw. He's still kind of the new guy. So it's a different context. So we haven't really seen as much mic work. We haven't gotten to see really what this character is. Uh, beyond the matches, beyond a couple brief promos here and there, um, but yeah, I mean, like that. The, the I think a lot of people, and myself included, have definitely kind of focused on the gear because it does look goofy as hell. Uh, but you know, it's, it's not like he debuted this new gimmick even. Like he was playing this kind of gladiator kind of thing, and I think that was kind of the idea here. Um, and I think that that makes sense. You know that that you know they were kind of trying to go in that direction and and maybe shake it up so that you know if he is moving up to Raw in a more uh, permanent way that, that now this is the the Karen Cross on Raw, not the Karen Cross on NXT. So again, I, I I'm not trying to uh, exclusively criticize it. I'm not trying to defend it either. I'm trying to, to I guess rationalize it in that sense. So um, I will yeah again I will say in the ring got a dominant win. He's clearly being presented. Uh, as a legitimate, you know, player on Raw, and and that's all I can only ask for. Again, after the first week when he lost Jeff Hardy, uh, and he lost to Keith Lee at one point, Keith Lee has been on the show in a couple weeks now, so uh, it felt like a, uh, perhaps a, a mishandled beginning to his uh, his run here. Like when Chris is saying, I think she's talking about Karen Cross. You're saying, "Don't fix what's not broken." I mean, I thought he was great on the NXT. I thought I liked his character. Uh, again, don't know what's going on with, with Scarlet, but. If it if it's something where they have a choice and they're choosing not to use her, I think that's a shame because I think I think they're not good together. If it's something that they've had to adapt because she's not available, then that's a different matter entirely. Um, I, I hope this gear isn't. Let's talk about let's talk about Rick. The fact that Ricochet Ricochet gets into losing into this match, he basically gets offense offense. And I'm not even I'm not even I'm not even sure if we even saw his entrance. I think he came back from commercial from commercial. Wasn't he already in the? Yeah. He got he got the classic job ranch and John like this is uh, such a shame and and just not in the comments saying Rick Shea needs to either be treated better go back to NXT or leave the company he's being wasted on main roster I mean that's been the he case is largely not what NXT wants though he is not what NXT wants anymore forward forward and I honestly think that moving back moving back on NXT or- yeah I mean of course you know. Before the last week, we saw, or sorry, before yesterday, we had uh, Nick Khan, WWE president, with the interview saying that there'll be an extensive rebranding and kind of, uh, you know, re- reorganization or a kind of a shuffling of the of the NXT uh, philosophy. And uh, it kind of sounds like definitely Rick Shea does not fit that mold where they really want kind of 
not indie guys. Like that was kind of the big takeaway. So it uh, feels like XC is kind of pivoting away from uh, the model we've seen. And, and in that sense, uh, it feels like that's not the best option for him. Oh, I, I feel like I, if you say like two months ago, I think actually it would be great on XC. I think that'd be great for him. But now it's like, okay, XC is clearly going to make some changes. Uh, and we don't know what that's going to look like yet, but based on the comments that Nick Khan himself made, you know, that, that definitely is concerning. So um, to me, Definitely something concerning, and then next thing, uh, it, it's concerning, and you know, to me, that's something that reflects on draw as well. We're seeing Karrion Cross now come up, uh, even before these these sweeping, supposedly sweeping changes, uh, you know, and, and that kind of just leaves me wondering about maybe the the long term prospects for NXT as a whole here. So um, I never want to like root for somebody to leave the company, especially somebody like Vic Shay, who I who I really do enjoy. Uh, but no, he's definitely been misused for a while. Other than a, that brief feud he had with Sheamus, um, kind of the ongoing misuse and, and you know unfortunate booking, I guess, for trying to be played about it. Um, probably for gosh, over what a probably year and a half now, dating ever since ever since they lost to Brock Lesnar, really, just kind of one thing after another. Um, so I, I can hope that. Things will get better for him, but you know that's I don't want. I also want to be real realistic based on what, what we've been seeing. He literally just lost Karen Cross. It felt like in a minute. Um, that doesn't really feel like a good reflection on his status or his standing uh, on Raw, at least. And and I'm not sure uh, what the best path forward for him would be in this sense. But you know that definitely is a shame as well. As much as people can focus on the gear here for Karen Cross, on the flip side, definitely a, a reflection on. Um, an unfortunate kind of uh, outing, I'll say, for Ricochet. So, uh, but we got, as I said, one thing I didn't like of Karen Cross, one thing I did like, the Miz and Morrison are no more. They split up, finally. I thought they were going to go with a slow build here. Uh, there was at least a report that they were going to feud with a new day to kind of draw this out. Apparently, Kofi Kingston reportedly has not been cleared, so that might be a factor in why they accelerated the timeline here, where uh, Logan Paul, <laughs> a very controversial figure, was on Moist TV, and the crowd was letting him have The crowd did not like him at all, uh, and The Miz came out and kind of played into that, and then he and Morrison were going back and forth uh, about you know, Miz fake his injury, about, and that Miz had a, a, a good line about how instead of chasing titles, he's been kind of spraying people with the dripstick. So, you know, he's been turned into a joke in, uh, in a way, whereas four months ago, he was a WWE champion, or maybe three months ago. No, five months ago, whatever it was. It was over this year. He was a WWE champion. Now he's now he's got the dripstick. John's motioning four, four months at me. So, yeah, but that's not all that long. So, clearly, he's, uh, you know, lost his way in, in, in that sense. So uh, definitely a, a solid motive for what we saw tonight, where uh, he had a match with Xavier Woods without Kobe Kingston and Morrison accidentally cost the match. Uh, Miz, he just, you know, he snapped, he got frustrated. He attacked Morrison, beat him up and, you know, pretty clearly suggested that, you know, they're done. And then later in the show, Morrison said, we are done. Like in the promo, he said, no one is Morrison. I'm going to end this next week when I get my hands on him. So we are clearly getting the Miz versus the announcements versus Morrison for next week. And I can hope that we'll, we'll get an actual feud, but we do know that that match will next week. John, what do you think about this turn and where it might be going? Uh, uh, I was really able to get a pay-per-view, a pay-per-view match from these two. I hope we do. But what do you think about them? Think about them just having like much like with literally no buildup whatsoever. I mean, there kind of was, but there kind of wasn't. I mean, I guess to compare, it, this feels a little better than what we got with Jinder Mahal and Drew McIntyre, where it was a pretty uh, 
they did they did it cold and then they booked it for SummerSlam and they told the story kind of backwards. Whereas this, they've been hinting at it a little bit and then we're going to see it next week. If I had to predict, I would probably expect something a little wonky where maybe it's a DQ or a count out or, or something. And then they might draw it out to do the pay-per-views. You and I have been talking about that for a couple of weeks now where uh, that, that feels likely, you know, you could do a, who knows, a ladder match. Some people on, on Twitter were predicting like a, a drip stick on a pole match. I mean, they, they could do some fun stuff here at Extreme Rules uh, next month. So, uh, and DGSA uh, saying that they could do a Wally Gun fight next week. I mean, I'm not sure about that. Uh, but it feels like there's definitely a possibility there that um, they can draw this out. Uh, they, they've definitely got the history and the story. Um, and I think uh, maybe, it may have been Ryan Satin of Fox Sports tweeted that like, a, a snake can never change its stripes. He had a side by side image of Miz turning on Morrison. I think that was what 2009 and now here we are 2021 so definitely just a reflection of all this history they, they were a team they split up uh and then you know 10 years went by and then they got back together um and here we are so now we're they were, we're gonna get this feud again but now so much has changed for the miz won the WWE title twice uh morrison's been a world champion elsewhere so i'm looking forward to it i mean we talked about it for a couple of weeks where I thought they had a lot of the potential to do something similar with McIntyre and Mahal. I'm hopeful they'll, they'll do better by this one. Um, and I think, you know, if they, if they play the cards right, they could definitely uh, use this kind of springboard Morrison. I thought Morrison, I, th- or I should say, I think Morrison's been doing great work in the ring as a character. I mean, as goofy as it is, giant drip drip is making it work. Uh, and I think you could really have them kind of return to the, to the title scene. And, and that's what we're getting some comments about. Um, so no, and Raul Taker Sanchez saying that yeah, this kind of helped Morrison maybe become even bigger than the Miz. I mean, maybe uh, you know, I guess a little, a little maybe delayed because back in the day, people thought that Morrison would be the breakout star of the team, and of course, uh, reality went differently. But Nestor saying uh, Morrison for champ, Dan Greyhouse saying Morrison would be a big star. So I mean, I do feel like there's definitely a lot of potential here uh, for Morrison to. I mean, become maybe even become you know, even a, a transitional feud for for Bobby Lashley uh, or or something like that. So I'm looking forward to it. I would agree that it may have been better to to play it a little slow, but um, I'm not going to complain too much. I, I, as much as I may have wanted that, it was cool to have that surprise. Of like, oh hey, you know, kind of a little bit of a swerve here tonight of having this this uh, breakup happening now. So. I'm not complaining too too much about that. Uh, and uh, while this, but I mean, this wasn't the only, or the only, if not friendship, the only alliance breakups tonight because we officially got the split of Dewdrop and Eva Marie. Uh, Dewdrop keeping her name. Uh, we we saw that Eva Marie lost to Alexa Bliss at SummerSlam. Dewdrop kind of mocked. Well, she did. She did mock Marie after the match and said the loser of the match is Eva Marie. In the promo tonight, she said that she's going to keep the name she, uh, of Dewdrop. She made a mistake. Uh, of the lining with, with Marie in the first place, Marie attacked her. So they announced that they'll be facing off next week as well. Did you guys say in the comments wondering uh, uh, our thoughts on Dewdrop keeping the name, even though she's free of Marie? Because uh, he's saying that I thought that they would go back to Piper Niven. I, mean, I would agree. I was pretty surprised when they had her keep the name like that. But I guess, again, I guess someone, sometimes I like how WWE tries to shake it up, do things a little differently. But it doesn't make a whole lot of sense because Dewdrop is a insulting term. So, or, or at least a, it's not a, a good term, right? That, that was the whole idea. So that's something a little weird. Um, but I think that kind of just like Morrison, this is a good chance to kind of give, give somebody else the rub and maybe build somebody up, uh, you know, potentially as, as a, as a title contender, right, John? 
Absolutely. I fully I think that, that the fact that she changed her name means they have plans for her. Yeah, you know, that, that would seem to be a, a fair prediction. I mean, she's been featured on Draw alongside even Marie. I mean, and whether you, you like Marie or not, she is kind of this very controversial character. She's definitely, um, she's over, I guess, for lack of a better word. Like, she's definitely going to garner a reaction. People will pay attention to her for, for better or worse. So whoever is kind of paired with that stands to benefit. So that, to me, the fact they put... Uh, Niven or, or Dewdrop in that spot speaks to the fact that they probably see her pretty highly. Uh, and DH Cassier uh, hoping or, or you know, p- uh, I guess pitching Dewdrop versus Charlotte. I don't know about that. I mean, that feels like a, a down the road kind of thing. Uh, and I guess that offer, does offer a good segue to the fact that Charlotte Flair won the Raw Women's title at SummerSlam, as we had predicted uh, on this very show, where it felt like it was not going to be Nikki A.S.H. walking out of the title. And instead, it was Charlotte. She got a pretty good promo saying she doesn't need friends or family. She just needs the title uh, and that nobody can match her legacy. So, and ironically, very heel- heelish things to say. She was getting cheered for it. So, again, kind of like Bobby Lashley, been a little bit of the, uh, you know, boring of the lines here where the crowd reactions kind of uh, going a different way of maybe the story. But, um, Regardless, uh, uh, Laura Rock wondering who could, who might challenge Charlotte for the title. Well, what feels like we know at least the first one, Alexa Bliss confronted Charlotte Flair and merely said hi, but Alexa Bliss, following her win over Eve Marie at SummerSlam, stepping right into the title scene here, and I'm here for this. I'm excited. I mean, Alexa Bliss, John, I've been talking about it pretty much every week. I've been saying, get Alexa Bliss back in the title scene. It's been too long, and we haven't really seen it since, call it, uh, really... January. So I think she could do, I mean, this, it's a very good clash of personalities. I mean, Flair is the queen bliss in this kind of fiend like character. I think that's uh, two very distinct characters. I, I think it could be, could be a lot of fun. Yeah. And, and there's going to be, there's going to be some key match, key match at extreme roles between these, these two match, match. Do you think here, here, um, I don't know. I, I it just feels like you know. I think they're going to think they're going to have a title. You think they'll have a title match? A title match? Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. like, kind of like Bobby Lashley uh, and Sheamus in a way, or maybe even more so. This feels like this would probably be the best option at this point. Um, where. I think you know, Bliss is the most ready to challenge Charlotte. I think that's probably the best. Uh, option they could do at this point um and you know but maybe because of the fact that they're two real top stars on raw it could very and this is just how extreme rules works most of the time it feels like they kind of pick a stipulation and it's almost like a spin the wheel deal where it's like oh let's make it a, a table match um i think that there are ways they could make it more um Specific, where you, where you have Jesse Mata in the comments saying they could do it like a, a playground match for the title. I I don't know. I don't, I don't know about putting Charlotte Flair in a match like that. I, I think they want to make it a little more legitimate in that you know she's the queen, she's a champion. Um, it's maybe a ladder match or a table match. I, I don't really know. Um, yeah, I mean, I think no matter what they do, it'll be fun. I mean, they're both very very talented. Uh, if I remember, I'm not. Don't quote me on it. But I thought Bliss was in the first table match for the women's title, or, or something like that. I thought she had. That was a couple of years ago at this point, um, or at least that she's been in a match like that before. Obviously, so um, I, I, I think that you know this will be a good match, and we, we'd have about a month. Um, 
to get there. So I think if they tell a good story, that'd be a lot of fun. Uh, DHKSA wondering if they'll make Charlotte a baby face soon enough, because given the interaction where we, I was just talking about, the fact that she was getting cheered tonight, uh, and you know, we, I've, like I said, we're talking about Rob, but of course, Becky Lynch coming back, now reports saying that she'll be a top heel on SmackDown, kind of begs the question, like, oh, maybe they need to have Charlotte as a as a face on on Raw, kind of to counter that in a way. Uh, I think that would make a lot of sense, and I think even though we saw Bliss feud with Eve Marie, I think you, John, you and I were talking about this on the, uh, last week's show. Um, Bliss, you know, th- it feels like she was the lesser of the two evils. There, she never really turned face. So if, if you put her against Charlotte and people are cheering Charlotte, then that feels like you know a pretty easy way to to reassert the fact that Bliss is a heel. So uh, no, I, I could definitely see that. And Charlotte. It, rapidly feels like the kind of uh performer that you don't need to really be babyface or heel like she's just charlotte i think that's kind of something we've we've definitely been seeing uh i'll say since she came back around wrestlemania time um so i i I think that would make a lot of sense to see charlotte positioned in that way um and yeah for me i've longer longer wanting to see uh alexa bliss in this spot here back in the title scene so this is one of my uh well, one of the things I enjoyed more tonight, uh, and uh, again, to, to balance it out here, we have things I liked, things I didn't. Uh, something that I had liked, but we saw one, we saw one vignette uh, for Elias saying that Elias is dead, and I was like, all right, I'm here for this, it's cool, I'm liking it, Elias, you know, he, he burned his guitar, I don't know where we're going, but it's exciting. Uh, and then we got another vignette where he said uh, that he's just the, the WWE superstar, and he got a new hat. So I was like, that's it. Like I, we got a couple weeks of Elias with the vignettes of the burning the guitar and, and abandoning music. And he gets a new hat and it ended with a WWE logo. So I'm not sure what to make of this, where he said WWE used to stand for walk with Elias. And now he's the WWE superstar. I mixed feelings, John mixed feelings. What do you think? Maybe he's going to be the. What do you think about that? About that? Maybe he'll be the what? Said so maybe he'll end up drifting. I thought about that. I thought that. Like I, I kind of thought that was the case when he burned the guitar and they're kind of uh, going back to basics. But I'm kind of hung up on this white hat kind of thing. Like it seems like this kind of purity thing, or or it feels like it's something a little more symbolic. I saw a couple people joking that it felt like Shawn Michaels versus at 26 when he was like the angelic Shawn Michaels. Um, or Dan Greyhouse joking that he can come, come back with white hair and be and be like the new Undertaker. Um, I don't know. I, I feel that that's a little goofy, but it feels like they st- even though it, this was just a new hat. It feels like there's there's still something more than that, and I don't know what it is. Uh, but Raw Tiger Sanchez likes the idea of the Drifter saying it sounds good. Uh, Jess Mata saying if they're going to go back to Drifter, give him his old name back. Um, I don't know. I I, I like that they're. It feels like they've got something, like kind of like Baron Corbin. It feels like we're going somewhere. I don't know where it is. Um, I mean, I, I I certainly hope that that it's more than just a new hat. But uh, yeah, I mean, hopefully we'll see a little more development here next week. But I'm I was a little disappointed that like this was the the next development that was like he got a new hat and and he's the quote unquote the WWE superstar. So uh, hopefully next week we'll get a little more. Uh, another layer to it beyond this. And uh, in the meantime, uh, another match here that, you know, maybe a mixed bag. I thought there was a lot of good on Ron, maybe some not so good. We saw Mansoor versus Jinder Mahal. 
And I, I bring this matchup mostly to talk about the fact that this whole feud of Drew McIntyre just kind of felt like missed opportunity where he, we, we got this build and they never really mentioned the fact these two guys have so much history and they never really went to the next level as I hope they would. And now here we are. Mahal's pretty much seemingly let it go. He's, he's out there facing uh, Mansoor. That's and that's that's it. And Mustafa Ali was on side, and Mahal got disqualified. Granted, I guess he was a little frustrated that he lost in SummerSlam to McIntyre. And uh, Mustafa Ali did not help Mansoor when he got attacked. Kind of tried trying to teach uh, teach him a lesson, um, which felt weird to me because I think it was last week uh, Mustafa Ali helped Mansoor uh, win the match, and it kind of felt like they were leaning towards. Um, them kind of really becoming this baby-faced team. This felt like kind of a step backwards in a way. Um, but uh, definitely something interesting that, you know, they're still complicating this relationship and and rolling with it. Uh, DHC, I think it was an okay match. I thought it was fine. It like, wasn't great. Um, but again, more of the, the bigger takeaway being that, uh, yeah, as uh, Dan Gray was saying, the, the tag team's dead. I don't know about that, but it's definitely, like I said, a step backwards in that I thought they were really going to establish them as this team, and now instead, um, you know, maybe uh, maybe maybe it's not so clear-cut like that. Um, what do you think about this match and the, and the potential future of this team? So I like seeing Jinder Mahal win again, win again. What about you? What about you? I mean, that's good. I mean, uh, did you guys say the same of ruining gender? He's former WWE champion. So even just, what? wait a minute. No, he didn't. When he, he lost by disqualification, he was, he was like beating him down the corner and he got like, he got disqualified. So I, I guess. Okay. Uh, okay. Fair. But I, what I, what I was, he, he, he looked really good. Right, Let's go with right. that. It was, it was a dominant performance. Yes. So no, I think that's a step in the right direction for him. Um, as for, where you go from here, I, I don't know. I guess he could challenge Damian Priest. I think that'd be kind of something, you know, you know to kind of help uh, solidify Priest's status as the U.S. champion. Uh, as as DJS said, he's a former WWE champion, so he's definitely got that kind of, um, I guess, prestige or at least like that, that, that sense of this is a, a former champion, a guy that's been a big deal in the past and still could be if they play the cards right. But again, the fact that they kind of perhaps mishandled this this feud with Jim McIntyre. A little disappointing, but uh, in a way, here, I like this comment from DJ Cassier wondering if Jinder could go back to NXT. I mean, at this point, it's weird because like w- w- earlier we were talking about Ricochet maybe going back to NXT. I mean, if you look at the fact that we hear these, these reports about um, WWE supposedly kind of preferring big guys again in the, in the developmental sense, I could see like, oh, they could send Jinder back there. He could be the NXT champion or something. Um, but at the same time, Nick Khan was saying that, you know, they were trying to kind of possibly reshape NXT into this, like, you know, training system rather than kind of developmental where they're trying to like train on practically like less experienced people in to become wrestlers rather than, uh, grooming, uh, independent wrestlers. So it feels like, I don't feel like you're going to see as much kind of moves back from the main roster to NXT, um, which in a way, you know, it's maybe perhaps that, that in itself is concerning because then you have a guy like Jinder, a guy like Ricochet, people that maybe uh, could benefit from, uh, you know, moving back to NXT. Now they're kind of somewhat stuck on the main roster. So, um, you know, I, I, I on paper, I, I like the idea of sending Jinder back there and, you know, maybe he could face Mojo 
or or you know just enjoy prominence on NXT otherwise. But uh, it feels like NXT is kind of pivoting away from that sense of uh, a, a third brand of, of legitimate competitors. And and see, uh, you know we saw Finn Balor go back there. I, I don't think that's going to be something you'd really see in this new NXT. So, um, but no, I, I would agree it was good to see him, even though he didn't win. He enjoyed. Um, uh, he he looked good. He he did look good. So uh, other than that, another big, I guess maybe the, the last big thing was the uh, the fact that RK Bro won the Raw Tag Titles at uh, SummerSlam. They're on the same page. They're do They're they're living their best life. And tonight, Riddle got Randy Orton his own scooter. And Randy's face when he saw this thing pop me, he was like, "Oh, you got to be kidding me!" Like he, Riddle got me the scooter. Um, I'm loving this dynamic. It's a lot of fun. And the fact like backstage or in the show, we, we the show like, kind of the, maybe the, the penultimate thing was a celebration. Uh, but earlier uh, Riddle and Randy met up backstage and Riddle went in to hug Randy and Randy didn't hug him. And he's like, Oh, that's okay. My, my stepdad, my stepdad didn't hug me either. <laughs> and that, that cracked me up. I was like, Oh man, Riddle, like he, he's growing on me. It's just such a fun dynamic here. Um, and the fact that I have the titles now, I think that there's even more they could do with it. Uh, and then we, we got the celebration. Riddle got Randy the scooter. Asia Styles comes out and says, hey, Randy didn't get you a gift. So, you know, kind of maybe stirring the pot there and setting up uh, the, the one real rematch we saw tonight. And I, and I was fine with it because it was a good match. But uh, we definitely have seen this match recently. It was Riddle versus AJ Styles. Yet again, a very good match. This time around, uh, Randy Orton kind of helped Riddle win. And uh, Orton beat the crap out of almost with the, with the scooter, which I thought was a fun spot. And RK Bro stood tall to end the show. So I guess I'll ask, what do you think of RK Bro winning the titles and now ending Raw standing tall? Very happy they won the titles. Uh, I see a rematch or stream possibly in a stream rules tag match, tag match, but I definitely seen the last of this last of this feud yet. Uh, I also want to point out that uh, Orton Orton is doing it to perfection. Yeah, I mean Orton, like he's playing that that straight man versus Riddle's like comedy perfectly. Uh, it's just such a fun contrast of personalities there. Um, you know, we've talked about it for months now. Raw. We, we, we criticize it. We say, oh, they're doing this or that. Not If not wrong, they're mishandling something. But I feel like they've played Archibro as best they can, even with Randy Orton kind of uh, at one point taking that sabbatical. They kind of maybe delayed the the, the payoff there. But now here we are, they're the champions. It's a lot of fun. I'm enjoying it. And I would definitely agree. It feels like you know this might be one of the, the featured matches for Exchange Rules. Could even be, and as you said, an Extreme Rules tag team match. I, I like that idea. Um, so, you know, I, good match with Riddle and AJ Styles here and, um, you know, hopeful that we'll, we'll continue to see this here, uh, in the, in the weeks that, that continue out here, there was this little part of me was worried they would go with like a swerve of Orton, like turning on Riddle tonight, just, just, just because I'm very glad they didn't do that. That would have been uh, pretty frustrating after we had this fun, uh, culmination moment at, at SummerSlam. So thankfully they're, they're firmly, uh, together uh, as an odd couple here, so and they they still told in the show. So um, you know tonight, you know we'll I'll ask for your rating, but I was very pleasantly surprised, especially on the heels of this you know wild weekend full of wrestling. Uh, I, I kind of expected that I'd be down on Raw, or or you know that that'd be that I'd be kind of like fatigued with, with wrestling itself. But I was so just pleasantly surprised that Raw didn't have a lot of rematches. Uh, 
they they and they, they announced matches matches for next week that weren't weren't rematches as well. The matches had stakes and, and it felt like everything was kind of moving. Uh, and you know, I will say the first hour you had you know Bobby Lashley come out. He was confronted by Damian Priest, and you know that it just felt you know, kind of different. It felt like maybe in a way like uh, like a season premiere where it's like this kind of new beginning in a way compared to you know. We've, we've spent the past month plus putting up a SummerSlam. Now here we are. You know, Goldberg's not here. Like he was on the show. Now he's not. So we got to kind of move in a new direction. And now Archibald is the champion. So, you know, uh, for me, I was just very, very pleasantly surprised. I enjoyed it a lot. So for me, I would probably, especially writing on the raw scale, I would, I'd probably go for probably like a 7.5. And that might be even a little low because I, I, I enjoyed the show tonight. What, what do you think, John? Tonight, I thought it was a pretty, it was a pretty average. Nothing, nothing above, nothing below average. Uh, I, uh, I thought there was good storytelling, development, developments, no rematch. Just over, just overall, really good show. But I, I'd, I'd say average. It wasn't, it wasn't extraordinarily anything good. Obviously, no Adam, no Adam like that, thing like that. Yeah, you know that wouldn't for me. That would have made it like an above average show. Um, actually, even though I, I think for me, just you know, I sometimes I get so down on Raw. Um, yeah, like kind of hoping for more and being let down. Uh, that again, I was pleasantly surprised with the lack of rematches, with the sense of movement, and someone like Adam Cole could have real uh, debuting and or moving up to main roster could have really propped it up like that. But, um, you know, to me, it didn't even really need something like that because it was just a good show otherwise. But uh, seeing definitely some comments from the people enjoying the show, Kevin Taylor with an eight, DJ Cassidy with a 9.7, definitely a high score there. Laura Rock with 6.9. Uh, Verrill Taker Sanders with a solid six, good but not great. Dan Greyhouse with a seven. Uh, Nestor mentioning that Shane and Baszler and Ajax yet again back together. I am wanting to harp on that too too much because I've talked about that for months now. But yes, they are still back together here, um, or not even back together. They're still going strong together on Raw somehow. Uh, so she's, she's maybe because of that, going to show an eight. Just amounted giving Raw a six point five and a seven point five for SummerSlam, uh, and Nestor giving Raw an eight as well. And Benjamin Jones with a 6.9. So, you know, people seem to to enjoy the show for the most part here. Uh, Nando, a friend of the show, giving the show a 6.2, maybe a little lower, maybe about average. And Hermitaro with a 7. Uh, for him ex- explaining that uh, he was upset that Shane took the loss. Um, not a perfect show. Not a perfect show. Um, you know, and, and that, you know, there's so Cross's gear was ridiculous. There's something that I didn't really like, but I thought, you know, definitely a step in the right direction. And I guess I've been kind of worried in some ways that um, there'd be the sense that they're kind of loading up the, the card for SummerSlam and then we'd be in for another lull of like, you know, the sense of just biding, biding our time. Whereas, you know, tonight I wound up feeling like, no, we're kind of moving forward and, and we're, we're starting new things with, you know, whether it's Lashley and Seamus or potentially um Lashley and Damian Priest, even maybe down the road, RK Bro going strong. Um, Charlotte Flair and Alexa Bliss, a couple of things, you know, numerous things to look forward to. And Ms. Morrison, you know, lots of good stuff. Definitely enjoy it a lot. And again, on the heels of a weekend chock full of, or maybe an overfull of wrestling, the fact that I enjoy it a lot, maybe even just, I feel more hopeful than I have about Raw in quite some time. So uh, for that reason alone, I enjoy it. Having that sense of hope about Raw uh, is a win in itself. So hopefully it'll carry through. Uh, to next week and beyond, but regardless, we'll be here to talk about it uh, next Monday. Johnny and I will be here uh, to back here to, to on Tuesday to talk about NXT. 
and what might be the start of a new era. We're not quite sure just how drastic the changes will be, but regardless, we will be there to talk about it after NXT on Tuesday night. Uh, the Dynamite Dudes attitude cover all things, I guess the, the Dynamite Dudes added, the, the Dynamite Dudes of Rampage, sorry, it's covering AW and Rampage. Uh, Robert E. Fliss and I talk, I talk about SmackDown on Saturday mornings, and we've got, we've got a, a great stream of interviews constantly coming to you guys. Bill Pritchard recently interviewed CM Punk. You gotta check that out. Uh, and just all these things and more, always available on all of our audio platforms are at SoundCloud, Spotify, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, or maybe we've got you covered. So, John, we made it through this weekend on a, on a, a what, call it four-day stretch. Yeah, four-day stretch. Uh, SummerSlam, John Slam holding up a SummerSlam uh, program. Uh, and he's got a souvenir covers there in person. Now we're back in the relative normal uh, Monday night here for Raw. But we made it through, and it was a fun weekend. CM Punk's back. SummerSlam was... Perhaps a mixed bag, but it was a fun show. Uh, Raw was good, and there was so much wrestling. And, and maybe having all the all, having all this wrestling to watch, it makes it easy to do one thing here. Uh, but that we do hear about Sun John, can you tell me what that is? This is man. It's not even nine. It's even nine here, and we're already with already with the post post rushing. We're just gonna we're just gonna wrestling at nine at nine o'clock at night when Raw's over. This is crazy. Yeah, you know. Uh, yeah, it's a good time. There's a lot of wrestling to watch, a lot of, a lot of wrestling to enjoy. Uh, whatever, again, whatever flag you fly, whatever company you enjoy the most, we do one thing here, one thing here above all others at WrestleZone as to enjoy wrestling. Thanks for listening, everybody.